If you've been listening to my show, you know that the importer on the back of the bottle is one of the surest ways to guarantee a quality bottle of wine. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Taub Family Selections. Taub Family Selections is a dynamic, fourth-generation, family-owned wine import company with a truly incredible portfolio of fine wines from 11 countries. These wines not only embody the unique terroir in which they are produced, but the passion and integrity of each family member involved from vineyard to table. Notable estates include Mastro Berardino, Bertani, Travlini, Ferrari, Coldorcia, Trimbach, Jean-Luc Colombo, Jean-Michel Jarin, among many other renowned producers. They also have from Bordeaux, Lafitte Rothschild from the left bank, and on the right bank, they have Chateau Lafleur. I'm telling you, these guys have it all. To find out even more, go to TaubFamilySelections.com. That's T-A-U-B, FamilySelections.com. Do you know about Grapes, the wine company? Grapes is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. They offer a remarkable selection of wines and spirits. The breadth and depth of their inventory is astounding. Add in an unparalleled level of expertise and customer service, and you could see why other retailers are green with envy. Through their extensive and ever-growing network of relationships from around the world, Grapes, the wine company, offers the opportunity to discover the newest and most exciting wines and revisit the classics from both established and emerging wine regions. Grapes features a selection of over 4,000 wines and spirits. The Wall Street Journal has called Grapes one of the most influential retailers in the U.S., and it rings true to this day. Wine is a joyful thing, and Grapes the Wine Company exists to connect people with the choices bottles. Ordering is super simple using their easy-to-navigate website, or go old school and call to speak with one of their wine consultants for an in-depth feedback for your wine and spirits needs. Call them at 914-397-9463. That's 914-397-WINE. Or email your general inquiries to info at grapesthewineco.com. That's info at grapes, T-H-E-W-I-N-E-C-O.com. You'll be glad you did. The Napa Valley Wine Academy understands that wine can be complex. However, they believe that wine education shouldn't be. Whether you're looking to advance your career in wine or just be more confident when opening a restaurant's wine list, the Napa Valley Wine Academy offers the instruction and support you need to achieve your wine education goals. With the Napa Valley Wine Academy, you are in expert hands. They have received three global awards for excellence, have 18 expert instructors on staff, 35 course options, and have served over 25,000 students. If you want to learn in a hands-on immersive wine experience, go to NapaValleyWineAcademy.com to learn more. Hey, I'm MJ Taylor, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the Mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey everybody, what's up? It's your boy MJ and welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is an industry change maker, a leader for diversity and inclusion in the hospitality, food and beverage industries, a professor, 
a philanthropist, a mentor, a sommelier, a wine director. Everybody welcome Tonya Pitts. Uh, hailing from the Midwest, Tonya worked in restaurants while attending law school when she realized that she had a gift for wine and a disdain for the law. As sommelier and wine director for one market restaurant in San Francisco, Tonya curated a wine list with a bold style and flavor profile, including offerings by women, black, and Latino winemakers. Since 2011, Tonya's wine programs have received best of awards, best of excellence awards from the Wine Spectator. She joined Wine Unify as an ambassador, advisory board member, and mentor to people in the BIPOC and LGBTQ communities who are pursuing careers in the industry. And you may have seen her on CBS This Morning, Daily Beast, and Wine and Spirits Magazine, Psalm Journal, Tasting Panel, Wine Stream, Wonder Woman of Wine, Wine Spectator, Instagram, TikTok, and many more. Everybody, welcome, Tonya. Hey, MJ. Hey, um, is there anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> um, I was nominated for Wine Enthusiast uh, Smollier and Wine Director of the Year 2021. Oh, wow. Which is like huge. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, tell everybody the, about the wine we're drinking this afternoon. We're day drinking. Oh, what, what, what are you drinking this are afternoon? Are we day drinking? For what? real. So, the wine we have in front of us today is the Havens Merlot um, 2004 Napa Valley. Uh, this is a, a wine uh, produced by winemaker Michael Havens. Um, became very, very famous in, I'd say, the late 80s, early 90s with Merlot and Syrah, but what really knocked people out was the Beriquois, um that he produced, which was a dead ringer for Cheval, Cheval Blanc. Blanc. Yep. And, um, yep. But the wine just ages beautifully. And when we were talking about what should we drink, what should we drink, um, and I looked at lots of things, but I've always been a huge fan of Michael's wines, and I like old wine. I like mature wine. I like wines that tell a story, and wine tells a story all the time, whether it's you know young and vibrant and vivacious, or if it's you know easy and comfortable and and worn because this is worn. This is like worn mm -hmm. leather. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's just. It's gorgeous. It really you know? is. I was super excited when, when you pulled it out. I was like, oh, shit, Havens. Yeah. And I have the worst pronunciation. I was like, and I was like, Borico, because I call it Borico. Yeah. And it's, Bor you know, I can't say what she said. Um, but um, I said, but I was like, but, you know, that, that's a that's a Cab Franc Merlot blend. So I, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think, didn't, didn't Sideways come out in 2003 or 2004? One of those, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Well, we're drinking some fucking Merlot from California. It's really yeah. fucking good. Yeah. That was that was a kind of a shitty line in that movie because California makes makes great Merlot. Well, but if you remember, there was a time when Merlot coming out of California, it was this really kind of fruit punch. It was Merlot, and, as in they were making a lot of it. Sweet, yeah, <laughs> and. I mean, people still come in sometimes, and that's what they think Merlot is supposed to be, and it's it's not. It's yeah. this really stately and 
sumptuous grape. Yeah. You know, yeah. cherries and all sorts of plum, red, black, yellow, you know, some hints of blood orange sometimes, leathery, espresso, <sighs> clay. All of that she, is she, in this. She knows her wines. I love wine. I love that you love I wine. I do. I love wine. Oh, man. Um, oh, there's, oh, there's iodine there, too. Did you put, put your nose back in there uh, for a minute there? Definitely. You said iodine. Definitely get the yeah, iodine. Yeah. Um, wow. All those red fruits. Mm-hmm. There's a spice in there. There's just a touch, a touch of anise. Just a touch. Yeah. Just, just, a, just a touch. Yeah. Um, Probably some clove in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we like to start at the beginning. Um, where in the Midwest did you grow up? Mm. St. Louis. Oh, shit. You're from St. Louis? Yeah. Now, what what's St. Louis? Uh, every city has a name. What's St. Louis's name? What do you mean? Well, like New York's the Big Apple. Oh, the Show Me State. I know Missouri's a Show Me State, but I I thought there might be like because oh, I'm I'm, think, I'm thinking know. Nelly. I'm thinking Nelly '90s, a hip hop oh. scene. Like there must be some like anyway. Oh yeah, as my grandma used to say, we got a little Nelly. <laughs> I'm like, what, grandma? Your grandma and was up are... on, she was up on Nelly. <laughs> she came to visit one winter, and we're like, what? And it came on. This, yeah, that's Lil Nelly. And we're like, who? What? How do you know that? Well, they play it all over the radio and just everywhere. Everybody loves them. Look at Grandma knowing about country I know. grammar. I know. Country grammar. <laughs> country grammar. Um, okay, so St. Louis. Um, what was that like? I mean, uh, that is the Midwest. That, that is definitely Midwest. Oh, boy. It... Uh, my childhood was private schools and private university, lots of friends, but very close knit family, big family on both sides. Yeah, how big know? was your family? Because I had, oh my god, I had fifty four first cousins when I was like a teenager. Let me just put it to you this way: my dad came from a family of fifteen. Oh, yeah, my dad came from ten, so you got us beat. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's. You know, family gatherings, you know, over the holidays, you know, I can remember my dad's mom had a house and there is a basement where they call Rascala and there's a, a bar downstairs, you know, and the wood paneling as you go oh, yeah, downstairs yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it was a big house. There were three levels and there were just people everywhere and, and, and that was the holidays. Remember, remember those holidays in the seventies, like, and all the adults—it just be a house full of smoke. Yeah, like I remember going over to my aunt's house. Dad and alcohol my aunt, everywhere. My, my aunt Mary Joe's house. Yeah, there's alcohol and just cigarette smoke like <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we survived somehow. We survived yep. without seatbelts for most of our childhood. Oh yeah. And just being in the car. With, you know, my parents didn't smoke, but like my, my, when I'm my aunt, they. Uncle smoked cigars. It was just like, mm-hmm. anyway. I still like the smell of cigars. <clears throat> well, cigars are like, they're like wine again, mm-hmm. in one way. You know, they're oh, very yeah. aromatic. There's different, um, uh, I don't want to say strains. Yeah, I guess strains of tobacco. Mm-hmm. You you blend how it's, you know, there's master cigar makers. So it all makes sense. They you know all what I mean? taste different. They all taste different. Yeah. 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 Um, so you said, you know, it was like, it was private schools and 
things like that. So was education, is that something important to your, your parents? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I was a Head Start kid. Oh, okay. You know, as soon as I could walk and talk, I was put in school, you know. And uh, I'm grateful for that because education and, and learning, learning more than anything. Learning, learning. You know, because it these days we don't all follow that path of going to a college or a university. If you have a skill set, depending upon what that is, you can make a living and make money for yourself. And especially now, these days, yeah. it's not typical. Yeah. It's not a traditional trajectory. Yeah. At all. Yeah. It really isn't. Yeah. But I, I love I love what you said because I used to work in education and there is a difference between uh education and curriculum and actual learning. Yeah. There's a huge difference. Yeah. Um, because if you can't do it, you didn't learn it, right? Right. Like, like when you when you when you've learned something, you can do it again, yeah. again, and again and again, and and uh, it becomes second nature. Second nature versus like you can study for a test and do well on a test. Mm-hmm. Um, but the love of learning, I think that's and, called memorization. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is which? Which is very interesting. <laughs> Get into that a little bit later. We talk about law school, but um, <laughs> right? Like, um, so um, you have any siblings? Oh gosh, I'm the oldest of six. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Big sister within all that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so what was it like uh, in in. And in uh, the Pitts household, um, what was it like? Uh, like typical, like not a holiday, but like were, was there Sunday dinners? Was like, do you guys eat dinner at, at the table every night? Oh, you, this is funny. So <laughs> we still talk about this. I would make dinner with my mom on Sundays and I would play opera and make them listen to opera they hated me for that. I'm like, but it's beautiful. And they're like, oh my God, mommy, please, mommy, please make her turn it off. It's just for a little while. It's okay. You know, we we play everything in the house. It's fine, right? Yeah. KQED. <laughs> so um, were your parents into food and wine growing up? Was that something that... No, you know, it. Uh, they weren't. At all, you know, my grandmothers and my my uncle had like Manischewitz and mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, in the refrigerator. Um, one of my grandmothers drank beer. You know, my grandfather on my mother's side had been in World War II, wow. and so when I decided that this is what I wanted to do, he understood what it was. And um, my grandmother was not as uh, forgiving. It took her a while on that one. Um, but he knew what it was. And so wherever I worked, he would always want me to do food and wine pairing Okay. for him. Okay. Whenever they came in to see me wherever I worked. Oh, that's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. So um, we understand. I understand you did your undergrad at St. Louis University. So, yes. Um, Where's St. Louis University and what did you major in? Oh, God. So St. Louis University is in 
the middle um, of the city. Okay. I lived on campus. Mm -hmm. I lived eight blocks away. (laughs) 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 They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I know. But I, you know, I had the opportunity to go and to do this. So, you know, I did. I thought for many years of my life uh, that I wanted to be a lawyer. So I was in the pre-law program. Okay. I was minoring in uh, studio art. And I was spending more time in the studio late night painting. And so the dean was like of the art department. So what are you going to do? Because you're doing all right. But this is obviously something that you're much more in tune with, and it's taking a lot of your time. And so I started looking at art schools, and I came to San Francisco for a really long weekend, got off the plane. It was the most shittiest, horrible weather. But it just, there was this feeling and this electricity, and it just felt right. I looked over the city and I spent that weekend going from neighborhood to neighborhood and just sussing everything out. And I decided I was moving. And that's what I did. So. <laughs> I know, right? No, it's t- Well, first of all, I would say I, I had a similar experience at my first college, which is, is very interesting, some of the parallels between you and I. Um, I The first college I went to was maybe... 10 minutes from my house <laughs> and like I commuted for a year and I was like, this sucks. And, and, and I, and when you live on campus <clears throat> and I used to work with inner city kids and I'd be like, I don't care if you go to Southern, which is in New Haven, you need to live on campus because it changed it because mo- a lot of kids don't have a, ch- a chance to see something different. And like you get to be in a different world, right? you know? So I totally understand why you like, Wanted to live on campus because mm-hmm. you know it's not it, when I commuted, it wasn't the same thing. I had a job, I was commuting, blah, 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 you know. But when I was on campus, like, oh, it's the college. It's like there's an experience, right? Oh yeah. And um and and I think by living on campus, it shapes you. So you left for San Francisco. Were you was this? Did you graduate from St. Louis U? Oh no. Oh, so you didn't even graduate? Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. Oh okay. no. And I did some of my research, but not enough because. <laughs> I had to be a resident for a year before I could even start school. Right. And so I actually got a job at Zuni Cafe. Okay. Working in that time. And shortly thereafter, got tapped to go and work for Jeremiah Tower at Star's Restaurant. And I did both. They basically shared me. And uh, I didn't look back. And that was that. Well, and as I tell people now, I didn't do that, but I now use food and wine as my canvas, and I'm painting a picture and a memory for someone. But I do still paint. That's, that's, that's beautiful. I like that. Um, now, I just got to back up just one, one tick. Uh-huh. Uh, how'd that go over with your parents when you said? Oh my god! Because you because you went out like like this was a, this was a oh, it wasn't a snap decision. See, I also people think if you deliberate on a decision longer, it just means you took longer. Like if you know, you know. So you went out there for a weekend, you walked around, you're like, I'm done. You had to come back to St. Louis, 
What'd you say to your parents? <laughs> I'm moving to San Francisco and I'm going to art school. I'm going to College of Arts and Crafts and that's what I've decided to do. My mom was okay. My grandfather was all right. My grandmother was not okay, you know, because they put all this time, energy, and money into education, into a particular purpose for me, which is what I said I wanted to do, um, you know, and I had then decided that's not what I wanted to do. But, you know, hey, before that, I thought I wanted to be a nun, so whatever. <laughs> And that's a true story, and that's for another time. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So <laughs> you, you got you got you got two jobs out there. They're sharing you, um, and you're not in school. So what was it like that like that first year in San Francisco, working and and hospital? Like, what was it like for you? It was. It just intensified what had already been before, um, because I worked in restaurants in St. Louis, okay. and that's where. I got a lot of my food and wine knowledge from, but I had never really thought about it as a way and a means for me to make a living. Mm -hmm. It was just something that I really enjoyed, that I was really intrigued by. It was something that did feed me, um, so to speak, not just monetarily, but kind of feeding my intellect and my soul, all of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was around people that had been in the industry for a very long time, and I would have family meal with them at the end of the night. And, you know, as I think about the people that were around that table, there were all kinds of people. There were white people, there were black people, there were gay people, there were all kinds of people. But they were people that had been in the industry for many years and I sat there and I absorbed everything and I took it in because it was all really fascinating and interesting. But then also when we started talking about wine and there was wine on the table, I couldn't drink because I was too young, but I did get up the nerve to pick up the glass smell and start talking about what I was smelling. I was encouraged um, to do that. And it wasn't really until we got into the nitty gritty of COVID when I was asked to talk about my mentors and those that mm -hmm. had meant something to me, mm -hmm. I had to reach all the way back. And that's when it all made sense. There was this one person that gave me this skill set and introduced something to me which was food and wine, little did I know that years later, this is what I was going to be doing. If you told me that 30 plus years ago, mm -hmm. no, I'm not, no. It's all cool and stuff, but no, that's not, that's, no. But the no was really because I saw him because he was black, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't really see anybody else after I got out in the world, so to speak, and started working. There weren't really any people of color, much less women. Yeah. Far few and in between. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it took me a while. I was uh, I was struggling and I was fighting, but I was still pushing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I think I wasn't sure if I was going to stay and this is what I was going to do. You know. So <clears throat> let's talk about like your progression through the uh, San Francisco uh, food and wine scene. So um, after your uh, after the uh, Tonya sharing gigs, uh, what, what what was your next uh, job gig? Oh, wow, I um, met Loretta Keller, Chef Loretta Keller, when I was working at Stars, and she opened her own restaurant. She and her husband, and it's called Bizou. And a year after they opened, I followed. And I always say this to people, you never know who's looking and watching and watching you and your progress and what you do. And I had no idea. She was in need of a wine director. And she said to me one day, you know, I need somebody and you can do this. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I need a wine director and you can be the wine director in the sommelier. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to be a captain. You are supposed to be a sommelier and that's what you're supposed to be doing. And that is how I got my first gig that way. And I've never looked back. So had you had any, I mean, you, you talked about you, you that like you know when you first started working first out there you weren't even old enough to drink but you were studying you knew you knew to pick up a glass mm-hmm. stick your nose in it yeah give your impressions take feedback um did you have any wine experience explicit wine experience before she said you should be a wine director just what i'd done myself and with other people and being around other people in the industry and talking about wine having, you know, dinners and barbecues and talking, listening to them talk about their experience within wine, within their careers and food and wine talk and talking about how food and wine match and pair together. But when I look back on all this, these were all pros. These were all professionals. These were all lifers which we still have today, but it's far few and in between, but that's what we're trying to cultivate now again. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, it's it's always interesting because like in Europe, France and Italy in particular, like yeah. like you inherit wait, waiter jobs. Yeah. Like that's what your family does, like, you know, right. like, and, and with pride. Oh, yeah. And, and um, you know, wine stewards and, Etc. and so on, Psalms, etc. and so on. Um, here, I think I read an article, I think Bobby Stuckey was on, and he was quoted like, the average life of Psalms like three years, two to three years these days. Yeah, but you can't experience everything in two to three years. Well, I agree. No, he wasn't saying that as a, he was saying that as a net because he's someone, he's a lifer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I understand and I, and I hear it, I see it, I've seen it, but I think that everybody wants everything now. There's right, this right. 
intensity and this need immediacy. Yeah, and it's but everything doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can't learn everything in a day. <laughs> Not unless they put some little program in you. Yeah, this and, is the matrix. You know, yep. He's like, whoa. <laughs> you just I know plug, why. Plug me in. <laughs> plug me in. <laughs> yeah, he's like, whoa, I know Bordeaux. Show me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, it doesn't work like just that. Just like that. <laughs> um Let's tell me a little bit more. I mean, it, it sounds like Loretta really changed your mind. Um, I mean, you're not your mind, your life. Well, she's funny, and I now I can talk about it and talk to her without welling up with this huge emotion and and cry because she did give me a chance. But then when I think about it, when I went to work for Zuni, I was also given a chance by another woman, mm -hmm. Sylvie Dar, who was the wine director at Zuni, who is now over, I think she's vice president of sales for Philippe Melka. Oh, wow. Now. And wow. so when she and I see each other, first thing she says to me, you are my girl first. <laughs> I was like, and I just laugh and give her a hug and a kiss because she's because she gave me my chance coming into the city. She talked to me for two hours. You know, I went in there to apply for a job. It was a Monday. It was hot. It was inventory. See, that's how green I was. I walked in there in inventory. No, no. I'm like, oh, she's here. Oh, what is she doing? Oh, she's counting. Oh, okay. But I'm going to leave my application in my, you know, resume and... But she was completely intrigued, and we talked for two hours. And she told me to come back the next day, and she hired me, basically. And that's how that worked. Wow. That's how it's always worked, though. Um, my little guardian angels are, if you want to say that, are people that saw something in me that I didn't necessarily see in me because I wasn't tuned into that part because this is not what I – had planned for myself. Yeah. Law school, art school, you know, running a gallery, all of those other things, not this, mm. you know, mm. but I've embraced it. And as you can see, I've embraced it fully. Yeah. 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 Uh, what would you, what do, what do you think now looking back over the course of your career? 25 plus years. What do you think, and knowing yourself better, what do you think they saw in you back then? I think that they saw someone who had a great palate, but was also kind of filled with wonder. Mm. Yeah, I'm filled with wonder. And um, I'm still filled with wonder. You know, the anticipation of opening that bottle and and what's going to – the liquid that's going to pour out. Is mm. it going to be absolutely fantastic? Is it going to be over the hill? Is it not going to be made properly? You know, is it going to be off? Um, all these things run through my head as I'm opening a bottle of wine. Oh, my God. Is the cork going to be okay? <laughs> is it – please don't break. Ah. I have a Durant and I don't use it all the time and I should. Um, I'm one of those. You're, you're, the, oh, you're, you're, <laughs> you're one of those? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That is like the greatest invention. It is. I mean, I, I had Kevin's really on and I post pictures. I have to put them up again. He obliterated a cork, but it was a 53 year old bottle of wine. But like it but, happens. And and and, and I, on one level, I totally appreciate that. Like, like literally he's like, well, you know, those old school guys, we'll just push it in, you know, <laughs> we'll straight it, whatever. You know what I mean? Well, uh, sometimes, but not all the time yeah. you, have, you don't want to. No, you don't want because then I mean, yeah, but, but it happens. But, but like literally like it's, it's so funny. Yeah. There's there's a there's the Duran crowd and there's the uh, t- traditional waiters corkscrew crowd. Well, there's also the Osso. Well, the you know, and the, I have all of it. I know I have that, but the Osso is is once you have a Duran, like the Osso is is tricky on older bottles. You just I, I, maybe it's the whole just the feeling and the body tensing up and the anticipation and it seems like it takes 10 minutes when it really doesn't take 10 minutes. Right, it's like a scene in a movie where like it's like tick where the countdown is like (laughs) where the 10 seconds takes like two minutes. Totally. 10. And you're running. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And you're talking to the cork. (laughs) Right. You know, as you're Telepathically. Well, you know. Oh, oh, no. I do talk to myself. Oh, yeah. I'm crazy. I talk to myself too, so. Oh, I do that. That's Mm. not crazy. That's fine. I'm the only person who understands me. Come on. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, then we're good. Yeah, then. we're good. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do. I talk to it. Okay, come on now. All right. I'm going to slow down. You just hold on. Come on. And then it's like like half of an inch and then it breaks. And I'm like, really? Oh. Really? Did you really just do that right now? Okay. All right. Let me get out my medic kit over here. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, why are you trying to embarrass me? You better act right. <laughs> What's wrong with you, boy? <laughs> That's why you pull it over to the side. Exactly, you don't have yeah. it out there in All front day, of everybody. Like, like, uh, yeah, no, just be just a second. Act right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how long um, did you work with Loretta? Oh, God. I worked with Loretta for like 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, did you... Have you had any form formal, I'm doing air quotes, training? Or... Oh, see. Now, what school did you go to to learn your craft? Right. Well, you know, during that time, there wasn't really a school yeah. to go to yeah. to learn how to be a wine director right. or a sommelier. Right. You know, you learned on the floor. You learned in the trenches. Right. You know, as we say, yep. do I have my certifications? Yes, I have my different pins and things. Okay. I have all that stuff. Yeah. You know, but I tell people, when I got started, you know, I had Larry Stone, you know, as a mentor, you know, Fred Dames, all these different people. You know, I was wanting to do become a MS and an MW. Oh, okay. Right? And they were just like, you should really, you should do MW. We could sit and listen to you talk about wine all day. Right? I could definitely see you being an MW. Um, and so that is something that I'm going to still pursue because yeah. you're always learning. You never stop learning. Yeah. You never stop studying. Yeah. Right? But in those days... You applied to the court, and they sent you a list of maps and books. You 
teamed mm-hmm. up with the mentor and you started studying. Right. And then when you thought that you were ready, then you you took your test. But I think all of that kind of changed when the Court of Master Sommeliers basically had a partnership with Behringer Blass. And there was this big influx of professionals that were allowed to study and at an accelerated rate and become sommeliers and get their certified pins. And that was probably in like 2000, yeah. 2001, something like that. And I was one of those. Okay. Um, I didn't even know about it. Somebody put my name in. And I got an invite, and I was like, what? And I just thought, this must be divine because it's on my days off. Yeah. I don't have to pay anything. Okay. Right. And And then there we go, right? Right. I love what you said because I always say you don't learn your lesson by reading about it in a book. This is is a practice business. Mm -hmm. This is practice. And and, – when I started like in 97 in New York, people don't understand, like there's like maybe like four Psalms in all New York City, like in the 90s, right? There weren't a whole lot of wine directors. The French restaurants had French guys who were Somalis, but they weren't, they had no pins. No. They just knew wine from being in France. Right. And even to this day, it's no diss on anybody, but even to this day, like a good retail store is going to have somebody in there who knows as much as about wine as a master of wine. Like, well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and I, you sometimes have to remind people that we all have our strong suits where we know so much about that particular subject or region. And it's the same thing. There will be somebody in retail, somebody that works on a floor, somebody that, you know, runs a restaurant program that, you know, is an Italian specialist. Yep. You know, look at Bobby. Yep. Yeah. 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 You know, and that's where people go to for those answers to questions that they're not quite sure about. Right. That person that right. knows more than everybody else. And it's not always somebody that is wearing a pin. Yeah. And then also something else you said. Um, I think that people our age um, have had an opportunity to try wines that a lot of these new and up and coming uh, generation just won't because they're, they're scarce. Like, you know, like Bordeaux and Burgundy in the 90s. And OOs was not what it is today. I mean, it, it, I mean, the quality was just as good, yeah. but like the commodization, the prices have made the opportunity to try those wines. My first wine was a um, basically uh, a Lafitte, a Mouton Rothschild, nineteen seventy six, that the guys opened for me, and that's when I was like. Mind blown. That's when I just fell down the rabbit hole. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was it. Yeah. But even then, I had no idea. But I just knew, I really like this. This is really cool. 
but it did become something that I was studying, mm-hmm. you know, on my own through food and wine and enjoyment and working while doing other things as well. But as I tell people, if you don't necessarily see yourself doing it, others that look like you or resemble you in any shape or form, even if it's your same ideology, how do you know that you can do it? Right. Yeah. And I I agree with that in that you have to be able to see yourself to do it. Mm -hmm. You have to... You have to be able to see yourself to do it, and we'll get into like all your mentorship later. But if it if it helps people to see someone looks like them, but at the end of the day, a lot of people like you and I, we just saw ourselves doing it. Yeah, there was, and that's that's paramount to success in life is can you see in your mind? Can you do it? Right. So I I, I hear you. Of so <laughs> you're with Loretta for ten years and incredible mentor. Um, you know, she tells me, I didn't do anything. You did it all. And well, I'm like, but, no, but if you hadn't have, she's like, yeah, that that's a vehicle, but you did all the work. Right. You know? Right. I said, but I still say thank you because you saw something that I didn't see and you just pushed me forward. Yeah. You know, yeah. to just go ahead and explore it all the way. Right. 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 I forgot who was on here. And they said, the most powerful thing is having someone believe in you. Yeah. And I think that's what mentors really do because mm-hmm. they don't, we, you know, I'm, they don't actually do anything except they, they just see something and, and that little bit, that extra they give you. Like you, you might be wavering, and they say, "Hey, like you're like, eh, you're like, eh, am I gonna do? Like you're like, I'm supposed to be a lawyer. I'm supposed to be running this this uh, this art gallery, and yeah. and and, but I'm really good at this. And that's let's say I'll say that as a person of color, like let's be honest, as a woman, as a woman of color, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you said like your grandmother was not having it. Oh, she's right. Like, like, like like you're supposed to be a lawyer, yeah, right? Like you're not supposed to be like, a, what are you talking about, wine director? Yeah. You a waitress. What you talking about? You yeah. right. What are you talking about? Going to work in a restaurant. <laughs> waiting on people. Right. Serving people. Right. <laughs> yeah. All all that. All of that. You know? All that money wasted. And this is what you want to do. Yeah. But I'm helping people. Well, that's what I see it too. Like, do you get excited? Do you don't you you have to, because you're still in it at the level where, oh, where yeah. as you do it, right? Like like, isn't there just something about like when someone comes, they ask to see the wine director. You come over. What are you having? And you recommend the the the, the perfect pairing something, and they trust you. And then they and you, they ask you to come. And they're like, oh my god, Tonya, that was the best meal we had. Never those things went together. So like, what is that like? It's that, and it's turning a situation around yeah. as well. I use humor yep. a lot. Yep. I can't get mad. I don't want the wrinkles. <laughs> um, but to also diffuse situations Absolutely. as well. But perfect example is when I pulled this wine out of the sleeve that was clear 
and you already kind of knew what it was. I'm weird like that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. But I pulled it out and put it on the table and you're like, wow, yeah. that is that. Yeah. That is that spark. That is that excitement of someone understanding and getting it not for you and for your vision, but for themselves right. and it all making sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is. I was like, you know, I am a sucker for California wine because it's the only wine country I've lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I was talking, I forgot, I, I talked to so many people. Um, but I was saying, you know, California wine still doesn't get the respect it deserves, really, in my opinion. I think, I think, I think... This is a 18-year-old bottle mm-hmm. of Napa Valley Merlot, and it's beautiful. I mean, it's a little bit light, light garnet. I mean, but it's just, yeah. I don't even think it's pitching any sediment. No, and the rim variation yep. um, around, it's uh, it's definitely garnet. But yeah, it's garnet, that, yep. uh, you've got that kind of brown um, rim because it lets you know it's got age on it. Right. I almost bought a 1985 Kenwood um, today. You know, which I, I, I was just like, I oh, think, oh, Andre I brought like we Andre brought food. an 89. Andre bought an 89 Kenwood. Yeah, um, but see, that's another thing people don't realize. Like a lot of these, and I, this is older now, but yeah. like, um, I mean, this is the 2000s, which this, this is why Havens is such a different producer yeah. uh, because there are people producing really big, rich, opulent. Fruit bombs during that time period. Oh, four and oh, five yeah, yeah. were just, they yeah. were not necessarily blousy, but they were, they still had this kind of big concentration mm-hmm. of fruit mm-hmm. in the middle of the palate. And then it's as though it were a speedball, and you throw that speedball, and you had the ball itself, was just, which was just all this fruit, and then trailing behind it. You had all these other nuances of fruit and earth and tobacco and just fossils and all this stuff and spices, right? But it was just, it was gobs of fruit in the middle and in the front of the palate. This is not that. No. And I like gobs of fruit, but I also, I appreciate, I appreciate, I love, like, literally you guys... I was, I was like, oh, shit. That's what I said. I said, oh, shit. Yeah. Variety is the spice of life. <laughs> it totally is. That, and that's what that's that's the whole thing with mm-hmm. wine. There's so much out there. Yeah. So much out there. Um, so um, you were with Loretta for 10 years. Uh, we, that's, and then I got off. We got off on that's the track. Okay. I know. It's fine. That's what we do here. Yeah. It's okay. I drink wine and talk shit. That's okay. Um, what was it like to move on from there? It was hard because I, you know, I I don't want to say I got bored, but I felt like I wanted to do more. A little complacent maybe. Just a little a, a bit. Tad. And so I, in the midst of running the program, I also um, did a program for um, – how should I put this? It was um, so good. Media arts, and so I decided that I wanted to become an information architect. Oh, 
And so I did that for like a year and a half. Were you still working in the industry or are you just, mm-hmm. okay, okay. <laughs> well, see, when you're young, you got lots yeah, of energy. Know, right? <laughs> you know, you can do anything, right? <laughs> and so I did that for like a year, year and a half, and everything collapsed. And what did I do? I went back to restaurants and went back to what I was doing before. But I even have to say for myself, um, there was this newfound appreciation, but also just this kind of shot in the arm um, as well, because I like to create things. I like to dig deep and pull things apart. I'm allowed to do that with wine. Um, I'm allowed to do that with food as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I was allowed to do that with information and putting together someone's view of looking at things on a computer screen so very cool uh you know what uh tony we're gonna take a quick break uh right now and then we're gonna come back with more tonya pitts everybody we'll be right back all right are you ready for another great distributor to look for when shopping for fine wines and spirits let me tell you about independence wine and spirits or iws iws is one of the hot up-and-coming distributors of fine wines and spirits headquartered in new york city Like Taub Family Selections, IWS is owned by the Taub family who have re-entered the New York wholesale market, bringing the family back to its roots in distribution where they held court from 1951 through 2004. IWS is proud to represent an exceptional portfolio of high-quality, terroir-centric, and historic producers from around the world, including Italy and France, where they have an exciting roster of burgeoning Vinrones from Burgundy that are coming your way soon. They also have domestic producers such as La Coya, Cardinale, Staglin, El Molino, and many more. To learn more about IWS, go to independencewine.com. Hey, are you looking to order that special bottle you had on vacation? Uh, do you need to find a bourbon your boss has never tried? How about wrapped bottle gifts for teachers, coaches, or your sales force? Grapes the Wine Company can provide all this and more. They do Zoom tastings, winemaker dinners, wine-driven charity events, seller consultations, and stellar suggestions. They do it all. Did we mention Burgundy? If you left your heart and bone, there's no better stateside destination to shop for red and white Burgundy, not to mention the great wines of France, Italy, Germany, the U.S., and Spain. That's grapesthewineco.com. It's no secret that everyone's wine education journey is unique. You deserve a wine school that not only delivers top-notch content, but also guide you on a learning path that's right for you. So whether you're looking to earn your WSET certification or just get the basics without the stress of certification in their Wine 101 or 201 courses, the Napa Valley Wine Academy is a place to be. Go to NapaValleyWineAcademy.com for more information. Okay, we're back. Um, so, yeah, information architect. Yeah, information architect. <laughs> Deep diving. Completely. Is, is one of your things. Um so you, you said you went back to industry. Did you go back to a restaurant with Loretta or where'd you where'd you No, land? Okay, you I land? actually went oh, where'd I go? When I came back to the industry, um actually went back to Loretta for a little bit to help out. Mm-hmm. Then I went to work with Frank Klein, who owned um a restaurant called um First Grape which was downtown in San Francisco. 
completely uh, California wine list. A lot of fun. My crew was all women. Okay. Women bartenders, women that, you know, were the wait staff, and it was really cool. It was really cool. And um, I was there, and then I got another job opportunity from um, Brad Levy, who has, um, oh, God, um, Oh, Flying Saucer was right down the street. Um, Firefly, and uh, who happened to be from St. Louis okay. as well, which I didn't find that out until several months after working for him. <laughs> <laughs> my uncle was one of his good friends oh, in high crazy. school. It was crazy. That is crazy. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and so I was there with him for a while. And when I left there, I went to work at... Um, for Kempton. And I worked for Kempton for a couple of years as a AGM wine director and sommelier. Um, funny part about that, I actually ran into Nikki Leandakis over the weekend at someone's birthday party. And they all kind of put me on the spot because the other person that was there on the birthday, they were like, oh my God, so what do you want to say to me? And I was like, and, you know, I was looking at all these people that were in this room that were an intricate part of my career. And I did say something. And then I was like, OK, I got to go now because <laughs> I'm going to start crying in a minute. Yeah. Right. And but it's it linked back to giving people opportunity and chances for them to grow and to blossom and to be themselves and to do something great. And um, I think that's why I do the mentorship stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as well to give back mm-hmm. and to to help others. So when did you land at um, One Market? Oh, God. I landed at One Market in 2008, okay. 2009. Um, I tend to stay long periods of time where I work. Mm-hmm. Um, I It'll be 14 years as the wine director at One Market uh, in September. I just hit 13 years this past September. So what was the, what was the program wine program like when you uh, inherited it and what, oh, what, wow. what, what is it now? It... Um, it's interesting. It was completely domestic, okay. first of all. There was California, Oregon, Washington, um, some New World stuff, uh, some things from Australia. But that was kind of the extent of it. And then after being there for about four, five years, we opened up a art gallery and tasting room and, and retail room and private dining space next door called Wine and Wall. And wine, wine and Wall? Wine and Wall. Wine and Wall, okay, okay. And we decided that that would be where most of the imports would live and be. 
And so that grew into its, you know, <laughs> its own self. But the wild thing about that is everyone knew that's what I had there. And so everything really kind of commingled anyway. But those wines were never really on the wine list until probably four years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. So everyone would call it Tonya's secret treasure chest because you never knew what you were going to get. Tonya's stash. It completely, you know. I'd have six people come in. We'd look at the menu. They'd say what they liked. And then I'd come back with like six wines from six different regions in Italy or however. All on the fly. Which is... A lot of fun, just the adrenaline yeah. of doing all of that and getting the glasses down and taking care of them and taking care of everybody else, too. I thrive on adversity that way. I learned that about myself yeah. within yeah. all of this, you know? Yeah. COVID was a shocker. Um, I didn't know what to do. It's like, what? <laughs> I don't have to be anywhere. I don't have to do anything. I don't know what to do. What? <laughs> yeah, was, I could see like it that could be tragic. Like, you know, there is there's huge adrenaline working the floor in a restaurant. Yeah. And 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 that's even at Applebee's. We're talking like fine dining, right? right. You're seeing people poor people at Applebee's running around, shirt all dirty and shit. Oh. And they're in the weeds. And they are. <laughs> they're in the weeds. Like anybody else, they're in the weeds. Right. And they right. run out of product. Right. Just like any other restaurant. Yep. Yeah. Um, so like you said, it was, it was a very domestic list when you started, um, and through your studies in wine, I know you love it all, but like, where would you say like one of your, 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 uh, biggest interests lie? Like what region, like outside of the United States, like kind of has, you has a certain allure for you has kind of caught the apple of your eye or... You know, I always, you go back to your first loves and what you learned. Um, my first restaurant in St. Louis and Fells, it was very eclectic. It was French, Italian. There were some domestic wines. Um, and then um, Australian wines and champagne. And so I find myself circling, you know, within those regions always. Um, but then what's hmm. old becomes new because there are ancient wine growing regions as well anyway. And so then we start thinking about Greece. Then we start thinking about Portugal, um, Croatia, Slovenia. Georgia. Um, I like it all, mm -hmm. but at certain times, mm -hmm. I would almost even say that I am a seasonal drinker. Mm -hmm. um, I drink more red wine in the winter, mm -hmm. whereas usually I would probably have champagne or a dry white wine any other time but during the winter it's usually red 
to warm myself up. Mm-hmm. But I think also it has this contemplative um, energy that it brings with it. And you just want to kind of sit back and taste it and ruminate like we're doing right now, even though we're right in the middle of spring coming, right? Right. But it's still very crisp yeah. outside. Yeah. yeah. The sun is shining, but it's crisp. Yeah, it's 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 a... Uh... I'll drink. I'll drink whatever, whenever. But it, I know. Uh, but I, I, Lee, but, I see you. Uh, but objectively, I'll be watching you. But objectively, <laughs> it's time to start wrapping up your big reds, people. <laughs> Put them away till November. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned it was like it was like a French uh, Italian restaurant. Um, it was a French restaurant. French restaurant. Okay. But the sensibilities were French Italian. Some. Some domestic stuff, some things from California, um, but the owner also loved Australian wines. Yeah. So, and they pull out all kinds of things to put down on the table and to taste. And it wasn't really drinking; it was we were having family meal, but they were also talking about the wine in the glass and the food, and so. That was my introduction. Okay. That was the first restaurant I'd ever worked in. Mm-hmm. You know, I had no idea. Yeah. What I a- came in as a host. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I find interesting is, um, like, we don't know things about other places. Like, people, we don't, mm-hmm. like, so it wasn't until, like, oh, man, maybe, like, was eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, that I put together. So, So when you say, like, there's a lot of fine dining restaurants in and around San Francisco. And that's not, not, not San Francisco, obviously San Francisco, St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't realize, because Monsanto's near there. So there's a lot oh, of yeah. money. So there's a lot of money. Like I was driving across country with my wife. We were coming back from Mexico mm-hmm. and we stopped St. Louis. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, we, 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 you know, this was 2014, 2015. So we. Ross Jim Perina. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. like, and then we're driving. I'm like, fucking Monsanto. I'm like, these are huge. I'm like, mm-hmm. I think people like, particularly like, if you grew up in California, New York, like LA, so you like, you like, we don't necessarily realize how much money there is in Houston, Texas, because of oil, right? <laughs> or fucking St. Louis, because you have Rosarita and Monsanto, mm-hmm. and with that comes fine, like fine dining and fine wines. Like you know, obviously, yeah. obviously, there's only one New York City, but like, there's cities around the country where there's incredible wine scenes because of what has come out of that place. New Mexico. You know. Follow the money. Yeah, follow the money, right? They always say follow the money, right? In all those drug movies, right? Follow, follow the money. money trail. Mm-hmm. Follow the money. Um, so um, <clears throat> let's get into something that's really high on your agenda, which is diversity and inclusion. Um, you you had said even, you know, like you would look around and not a lot of people like you. Women, people of color, LBGTQ plus A, et cetera. When did you decide to, when did you, like, when did this, when did you decide to become a part of the movement to uh, help make wine? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say more inviting for people. Well, I always had a mentorship program okay. at One Market because uh, the chef, Mark Doman, had uh, graduated from San Francisco. Uh, university 
and was a part of the hospitality program there and the food program. And so he, on the side, they had always done something with food and with culinary with them. And once I came on board and everything just started to kind of jive and come together, we decided to do something with the wine program and to reach out to people that were in hospitality, that were within uh, restaurants and also hotels. And I basically got an assistant and had somebody that would work with me for like three or four months. So we did that for many years. And not just that, the mentorship that I would give to all of my staff, no matter where I'd worked, yeah. right? Yeah. So when this presented itself, when Dylan Proctor and um, Martin and uh, Marriott said something to me, I was like, uh, yeah, no problem, absolutely. Yes, I will do this. Um, and I really wanted to because there were often times I would have people, young people of color that would come in that there was this kind of disconnect, right? Because they themselves hadn't seen anybody in the front of the house. They'd seen people in the back of the house, but not necessarily um, in the front. And um, I'd always been doing things with Batonage Forum since the beginning, being on panels and speaking. Um, and so it was just really kind of a natural thing. And my thoughts on mentorship, mentorship is not some big, long, drawn-out process. It could just be a mere conversation with somebody, two minutes, mm -hmm. five minutes, mm -hmm having a cup of coffee, mm -hmm. having a conversation, mm -hmm. and passing. Mm -hmm. And you say something so profound mm -hmm. that it strikes a chord with that person, and they then take it, run with it, and they hold on to it. And so it really is a piece of thread and a ribbon that is continuous mm. and ongoing. Mm -hmm. And it's just a string of people mm -hmm. that are attached to that thread and that ribbon. And that is mentorship to me. And it shows up in all kinds of forms. You know, I realized, not this time, but the time before when we um, were working with Level 2 within Badenage Forum, that actually was level Level 1, that I actually have an affinity and do really well with helping people suss out what they do best and where they should be and what they should do, which is why I said if I would do anything else, it would be as Life coach. a coach, yeah, yeah. Coach. Yeah. yeah, you know, to help people and talk to people. Yeah. yeah. Um, love that, because I agree. I think I understand the power of mentorship but it doesn't have to be this elaborate program that people mm -hmm. and matter of fact those actually fail because i used to i i've worked in nonprofit world those yeah. like like it's so much better like if someone says can i talk to you for a minute and you go have coffee because i have kids who 
I worked with who like, oh, Mr. Talia, you're my mentor. I'm like, what? They're like, well, you told me this one time, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm so happy. But like, I was like, I think when you try and put a whole lot of formality on mentorship, it it, it causes problems. Like we said, it's a, you could be one person in a thread and a string that's ongoing. <laughs> I think that is so so true and so important. Uh, you mentioned Batonage. Tell people about Batonage because I'm, I'm you know because. Batsanaj Forum um, is a mentorship program that uh, was started by uh, Sarah Bray and Stevie Stakonis. Um Sarah spent many years uh, living and working um, in Europe, moved to California recently. Stevie, originally from the East Coast, I believe, but came to California. She and her husband... Uh, Josiah actually owned Bay Grape, but they were both uh, sommeliers um, within the community in California and in New York. And they came up with Sarah and Stevie with this brainchild of bringing women of all walks of life together for a day to talk about um just things that meant a lot to them or issues that were going on in the wine industry and hospitality. And it's morphed now into something much, much bigger. Um, I believe with the first festival, 400 people showed up and we were actually in the backyard of someone. <laughs> house. Uh, it was great, you know, and it just, but what it showed them is that there was a need um, for these services and, and to help people along the way and to just throw out a lifeline mm -hmm. to people. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do. And now it's morphed into having... Um, uh, what we call IFs. So I actually run hospitality. Um, there's someone that runs retail, someone that runs uh, communications and writing, viniculture, winemaking. And underneath all of us that run these programs, we have mentors that sign up and ask to come on board, and they have mentees that put in an application and have someone to help them. And it's just been glorious. It really, really has. Um, those that identify as female, um, and then we have, you know, Wine Unify, which is Elevate and Amplify, which is a whole nother thing in itself which is much more smaller, but giving people access to glassware, wine, and people to speak with and talk to, and then also the opportunity to get a certification if that is what they want. Because at the end of the day, you don't have to have it, but it looks better if you do have it. So. Yeah. 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 Um. This wine, remember, remember those 
chocolate covered cherries. I think they're called cello. Uh huh. That had like the like the je- like the cherry yeah. with the. Je- That's what it smells like right now. Like like a milk chocolate covered cherry, like just with dusted with espresso. Milk dud. Yeah, there you go. Oh shit, I'm milk. Dud. Milk dud. <laughs> milk dud. Okay, I'm not gonna do a jingle. <laughs> um. So. Have, now that is exuberant. Yeah. Yeah. I love that word too. Mm-hmm. And it really is. I mean, this is like 18 year old Merlot. Yeah. It's so alive. Yeah. It's alive. Yes. It's like, it's like a, uh, it outcast is not, song. uh, it's not weird science. Yeah. It's like, you know, by dope as me. <laughs> so fresh and so clean. Ooh. <laughs> um, women and wine. Is that one of the initiatives you, you created or at the restaurant? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and as I look around now, it uh, there's all these initiatives now, yeah. which is really awesome because everybody can get their fix and dive in uh, into the fray of everything, learning a lot and just supporting women in wine, women winemakers, women winery makers, women that own brands. That's a whole nother thing, mm-hmm. you know, as well. Um, executives that are within the fabric of companies because that's not something that we've seen all the time as well. I just think, I, I mean, yeah, and on one level, but it's, it's also like, I just think things, I mean, like how many Black CEOs were there, like Ken Cheneau. Like people, yeah, don't, people don't not realize. A not a lot, but AOL. there's some. No, there's a, actually there, there's a pretty decent percent of that at one point at Like like you'd be like, I was blown away. Like, mm-hmm. but it's just not talked about. Like because they're just working, right? So, I mean, who runs the woman who runs LMVH? Jasmine Allen. She's really nice. Yeah, got to get her on here. Why do you think that there's certain aspects of business that? There is not a light shined upon. That, that's that 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 to me that's actually the question. Yeah, that that is a question we need to explore because and that's big business. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we're talking not fortune. That, not that wine is not big no, business no, but we're talking because it is fortune but, 500 yeah. CEOs. We've had some 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 powerhouses. Uh, Merck, Ken Frazier. Yeah. Like, I, I don't get like I don't I think I think we we as black people look at why we don't shine a light on that like like why. We're, we get excited about, and I love sport, but like, why, why is that? Why, like, why, why are we not like, do you think that it's because it's something that seems as though it's attainable? Well, I mean, it goes back to what we're talking before. Like if you need to see someone, you, we should, Whoa, we, there's we, tons should of that. we should all be able to see yeah. like, yeah. so we got, that's, yeah. well, that, we'll, we'll ponder that one. We'll get, we'll talk about the next, we'll talk about that next time. Or we'll yeah. just talk about it next time we drink wine. Cause, cause that's a very, cause I think about, it, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Cause like, I have, anyway, I, that's a different wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different wavelength. Yeah. So, so you're, you, mentorship is big to you, uh, supporting, um, how did teaching come into play at the USF? Well, because I was doing that anyway. What I had always done was when I would put together notes for staff, I would write my own notes. I would give very detailed notes about the history and the region, um, about climate, soil, all these things. 
because I realized that I had some staff that was so young or so green that they didn't know. And my big thing is, if someone has never been able to experience a region or experience a wine, how are they going to be able to compare something else to it that is supposed to be similar from someplace else? And so I usually do a litmus test and talk to staff and figure out what they've had and what they didn't have and let them taste things. And if the response is that of not having the knowledge and not knowing, then you built upon that. And then if even still they don't care for it, but they understand it, then you make the choice of, am I going to put it on and hand sell it? Or am I going to walk away from it? Because then you have to start thinking about dollars and cents. But that is where that came from. Mm. Um, I do like teaching. And that's where that came from. Yeah. Being a teacher. Yeah. But I'm a teacher on the floor but as well it, with guests, that, yeah. too. Isn't, isn't but that the you, thing? Yeah, yeah. But you can't treat everybody the same. No. You have no. to assess out. You know, the person, you have to look at body language, you have to read the table, you have to do all of that because you're almost a different person for every person that is in the door. And I know that sounds wild. No, 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 no. I think think you hit on something that's very, 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 very important. And I've I've said this before. Um, Like you said, we said, yeah, it's good to have the initials. But Andre Max, he said, he said, I can't. I can't hand my initials down to my kids, right? But I, I, I do think people don't need to understand just because you have your WSET three, what you're what, what really makes someone in hospitality where you said you gotta read you gotta read the room and then you gotta read each table and you gotta read each person at the table. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's where I think where I think people um I think why there's such a low rate because people are like, I know about wine, I'm I'm the SOM. Listen to me. Versus like, no. where you? I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. Like, every interview I do is different. Yeah. Right. Because, because I have to. I'm I'm here to connect with people. Hospitality. This is about connecting with mm-hmm. people. It's not about pushing your wine agenda. Nope. It all begins when a person walks in the door. That first person that they interact with colors everything sets the tone completely yep which is why you have to always be warm and welcoming in any situation it doesn't even have to be in a restaurant anywhere right anywhere it's like when i walked in today hospitality warm and welcoming yeah no it, it's so 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 true true professional yep. um so another thing you do, so you like, what are you in town for again? Um, I also judge. Okay. And so um, Wines of Loire, um, I think this was really kind of um, in response to not being able to do the tastings as they usually have been able to because of COVID. And this is something new for them. So this is the second year. And 
It was really fantastic. So basically, myself and um, 10 other people, 10 other professionals, whether they be uh, masters of wine, uh, master sommeliers, or uh, wine directors uh, like myself, get together and everything is tasted blind, and we write our notes and score um, everything. And so you've got wines from Loire that's, you know, Chenin Blanc, Vouvray, um, Sumar, just everything. So red, white, sparkling, dessert wine, and, um, and we rate it and we score it. Last year was really big because it was the first one. This one's going to be, I'm told, much more focused because we had lots of different vintages last year. That's why I'm super excited because I love wines from Loire. Yeah. What do you love about Loire Valley? Because I love Loire Valley whites. I'm, I, I, I'm not such a fan. I need to drink. First of all, I say this all the time. I need to drink more wines from that region. But I, I love But you Loire. know, yeah. it's, there are times when you have a wine from a particular region and it's a crapshoot. Because yeah. it, you know, it depends upon the producer, just, you know, the season, everything, yeah. right? What they had to deal with. But um, I love Sancerre. I love a dry, minerally, flinty Sancerre. Um, I love Shannon. As well, Chenin Blanc, um, but it depends upon my mood. I like a little, you know, RS in my bubbles. You know, with Vouvray, mm-hmm. um, goes great with um, spicy chicken. Um, with um, Chinese food, with all sorts of things. I like thinking outside of the box mm-hmm. um, when I'm pairing food as well, because you have to make sure that things are accessible for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like that Shannon can be super high acid, minerally, and flinty. And um, I like to think of it as my water, just like I do champagne. So, yeah, I think. Um I love Shannon. Yeah. It's a slept on wine. Outside of like Wine Geeks, it's kind of slept on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, and I, that's, well, that's a lot of wine. Kinsey, yeah. which you need to let Kinsey kind of hang out and, and age and do its thing. Yeah, it's, um, when you have it young, it's just really kind of rocky and stony. It's like licking wet rocks, right? Right. It's not until. It gets some time under its belt that it really starts to kind of formulate, and you get all these other notes of white flour and honey and stone fruits. I need. A, I'm gonna go get a bottle of Vouvray. Yeah. Well, it's spring. Yep. Too. I know. You know, some Vouvray with a English pea risotto. Ooh. See, she knows her food. 
Because it's peace. That's people. It's it's peace season, yeah. right? That's why peas are yeah. part of the Easter thing, boys and girls. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm always thinking about pairings. It's I don't mean to, but whenever I'm tasting wine, I well, I'm as a, automatically as a wine it kind of goes into it, my database. It, it, it should make sense. Yeah. Um, what was what was one of your your grandfather's favorite? Food and wine pairing because you said because you, you mentioned he always wherever you, he, he wanted you to pair the food and wine like what was one of his like girl he <laughs> liked um, he liked beef but he also loved pork chops mm-hmm. and he would start out with white wine and then go to red wine and he would usually really like a Bordeaux blend he liked he liked Bordeaux a lot. He did. Yeah. So, but I mean, when you think about it, having come up in that time and having been in that particular place during that time, being exposed to all sorts of things, then it was a new experience, right? As things are. People, food, wine, culture. I was going to say it's all the good yep. and all the bad yeah, see, as it's well. Kind of, it's kind of trippy that some of the best things that have come out of war, like particularly for black men, was like mm-hmm. they've traveled, they've never been to different places. Yeah. And they did get to experience these different cultures. Yeah. And and if you were able to, sounds great, if you're able to come back and acclimate yourself and Obviously, there's always PTSD, but like, but like you're right. He would never had the chance to be experienced mm-hmm. to have those experiences, right? Yeah. My dad was in Korea. He didn't go to Vietnam, yep. and so that was a whole nother thing in itself, right. you know. Because when he would come back home, he would bring us gifts and things, but they were a part of the culture, right? 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 You know these beautiful, you know, geisha dolls and these beautiful silk shoes and they were very small and tight that bind your feet, right? Right, right, You know, but they weren't for us to really wear anything, but to look at. It was exposure for you, right? And then that, what that does to your mind when you're exposed to A piece of art. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. You're an incredibly busy woman. Uh, You have many titles. Somalia, consultant, wine director, writer, mentor. Do you have a favorite hat you like to wear? Oh. The favorite hat I like to wear. Hmm. Learner and Explorer. Ooh. Yeah. That's juicy. Yeah, Learner and Explorer. Yeah, yeah. And that's constant. Right. But that comes off and on and in different levels of intensity. Mm-hmm. So, do you think? Because I've I thought about this, like, because I actually did go to law. I actually did finish law school. Yeah. Um, My mom's like, you can always go back. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, she like, does say that to me still. Listen, everybody's like, you know, you can always take the bar. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> <laughs> Studying for the bar. <laughs> you can always go to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like thinking, looking back when you're on that like pre-law track, like for me, wine, like. You can never know it all. That's what was the allure. Yeah. You'll never know it all. And 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 then you get to eat and drink. It's so much better than fucking writing briefs, right? Like Yeah. Well, that's knowledge. 
And that's breaking things down as well. And that's can be doing good work, right? Well, that's what I tell people. The, the training, like learning how to like distinguish, Kate, like you distinguish flavors in a wine, like, mm-hmm. and how to research, like how to really research, yeah. not not just Google one thing and go to someone's blog and not check who they are and the veracity of who they are, right? Oh, like, my God. You know? I'd like to hear about that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That sounds juicy. <laughs> uh, we could, that's a whole other thing. Uh, a whole other ball of wax. <laughs> that is it. That's a whole other bottle of wine, maybe a magnum. Ooh. Um, <laughs> so what are, you, what are you most excited about uh, for the future for yourself and, and for the industry? Wow. It's uh, it's pretty wonderful to see the photos and the activity that is happening around all the all the special events, La Palais, mm. and and all these other things, you know, because we haven't been there. Not really. No. Listen, I went to yeah. a tasting two weeks ago, and we were everybody's like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" And I hope we don't take it for granted. We were like, "We're like, this is amazing." Yeah. Like we're at a tasting, and there's spit bucket, like all the stuff we like, like we did, like all the jerby stuff that happens. In this yeah. Place. And we're like, "Holy shit, we take it for granted a spit bucket." Oh my god, or like, you know, a pour and just and hugging people and yeah. and laughing and enjoying and taking notes. Like you forgot how wonderful this industry all is. All the sense of camaraderie, yes. but also all the different varied faces that were there. Yeah. And that was really yeah. awesome to see. Did and you go to La Pauli and down in L.A.? Mm-mm. Oh, you didn't make it? Okay. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't have La Pauli money mm-hmm. here in New York. I had I, I caught guests as they were running through town. No, but they... But I, uh, I don't have $7,000. I was, I was <laughs> invited to, to go and, uh, and be there and pour in New York. But it's... I can't take that much time. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. I got to figure it all out. You right, know, because like I, I have a job. Yeah, you, you're a Somali consultant, wine director, writer, mentor. You only have six jobs. You're a lazy woman. <laughs> I do have to answer to somebody <laughs> for some of it. <laughs> How much vacation time do I have exactly? <laughs> In the old days, it was all staggered and backed up. How many hours you got? A hundred. Oh, that's not good. That means you're not taking care of yourself. I'm like, no, I'm making my time so I can go away. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And that is exactly what I said. (laughs) Just like that. So um, we're going to wrap up pretty soon. Tell tell everybody about... um, and you you told talked about a bottle of feet, but what was like? What was it? Was there a, a, t- a meal and a wine where it just all came together for you? Like like the heavens parted. Ah, oh, I was like when you open the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, it would just glow. You don't know what's in there, but you're like, oh, like. There was a couple of years ago, um, my then boss and uh, 
a friend of the restaurant investor surprised me with uh, a meal and this fantastic bottle of 1900 Mootown Rothschilds. Stop, stop. Hold on, wait, wait, I want to make sure I heard that right. <laughs> One nine zero zero. Yeah. Nineteen. Okay. I'm saying because I'm just checking. And they um, they actually recorded it. They recorded me the whole experience and opening it and 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 all of that and just it was really magnificent and it just kept going and changing and. You know, when you talked about Kevin's Rayleigh and the cork and mm-hmm. just kind of, well, this cork really did worse. It was turning into dust particles at mm-hmm. some point, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And having to separate everything and decant it and just, it was really, really phenomenal. And we had like, eight or nine courses that, you know, a chef had done for us. And it just, it was really fantastic. And we just, we savored every sip. And it really did, within those hours, it changed. But you know how when wine is is old and the air hits it, it can become flat and acidic and all of that. This did not happen. Mm. It was just, it was glorious. And that is the oldest bottle of wine I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> that was just, yeah. I'll have to, next time we see each other, I'll have to bring the, the CD-ROM. I was just like, oh, yeah. wow, please, man. Please. Oh, oh. You know. Yeah. I, Yeah. Tanya, thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you for, for being here. Thank you for having me. me. Oh, my God. This is two years in the making. I don't even know how many hours we've talked. I know. And there's probably, <laughs> we probably went over time. I'm sorry, No, no, we're not. A, no, 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 no. We're, we're right on time. No. Trust me, we are. Um, oh, so we packed the punch. Yeah, we packed the punch. <laughs> <laughs> Tell people where they can find you, uh, how they can be a part of what you're doing. Oh, my name is Tonya Pitts, and I am on Instagram. As Noir Sommelier, Dame Tonya Pitts. And I am on TikTok as Noir Sommelier. If you are on Facebook, Tonya Pitts. And that is how you can find me. And if you are ever in the Bay Area, I am the wine director and sommelier at One Market Restaurant, an iconic restaurant that is one of the anchors of the city. The restaurant turns 30 in February, and I have been there for almost 14 years now as a sommelier and wine director. Pretty wild, pretty rad. It Great is. food. It is. It is. Again, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to come through and act a fool. That's good. You we know, can do it together. I, I know. We'll do it together. <laughs> <laughs> and for everybody out there listening, thank you so much. Uh, don't forget to check out the show notes for each episode. You'll find info on the wine we drank, uh, links to cool things we discussed. We'll put uh, Tonya's uh, social media link so you can find her. And everybody, until the next time, all my mavericks, philosophers, deep thinkers, and wine drinkers, the boxes have all been checked here today. 
It's your boy MJ saying peace. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list. 